0: Hi, you're listening to Mental Health Allowed by OC87 Recovery Diaries. I'm Editor-in-Chief Gabriel Nathan, encouraging you to sign up for this podcast wherever you listen. And check us out for more mental health recovery stories at OC87RecoveryDiaries.org. Anxiety's Magical Little Pill by Maria C. Palmer The silence between my boyfriend Joe and I lingered during the car ride home. I took notice a million times of all the sights we passed on our way back. In L.A., each community had its own look and vibe. As we said goodbye to Santa Monica for the evening, I noticed the juxtaposition of the rows of restaurants lining the Pacific Coast Highway and across the street, the park, where local homeless people camped. It was the last line of defense between the pier and the ocean. I wondered how a place that had so much wealth could also house those who essentially had hit rock bottom. Were these folks once frequenting the hit places along the way? What happened to them? Did they go through something life-breaking, and were they unable to weather the blow? Or were they, like me, fighting a different battle, the skirmish of mental health? or was it a combination of both? As we left the hustle and bustle of the Santa Monica area for the more residential parts of LA, the silence between our seats prevailed. It wasn't the uncomfortable kind where you struggle for what to say. It was the comforting silence you can only attain with those with whom you are closest. As my mind continued to wander, Joe switched the radio stations to find his desired distraction. My mind started to chatter. The chatter started in the top of my head and permeated throughout the weary contents of my skull. I thought about the double life I was living, to which only Joe was privy. I thought about the energy it took to pull this off. Sure, it was easy to smile and nod like I did tonight, but inside I was being ripped apart. The more I denied my outer body, the more my inner body suffered. I was no stranger to anxiety. It was practically my understudy throughout my formative years. But the anxiety I was experiencing now was all consuming. My head felt cloudy, my throat was paralyzed, unable to speak my thoughts, my gut acted daily like it had been exposed to an all you can eat Mexican dinner. I was, in fact, falling apart. We got to the apartment, and Joe sensed there was something off. He stopped and turned to me before unlocking the door. Are you all right? There was no simple way to answer this. No. I rushed past him inside to greet our cat, Figaro. What's going on? I don't know, Joe. I wish I knew. Come here. He reached for my hand as I simultaneously got up to leave. I couldn't. The thought of getting closer to any human not only repulsed me, but it heightened my anxiety. I needed Joe beside me, but I also needed some personal space. On top of that, I could not put into words what I was feeling. I'll be over in a minute. I gotta run to the bathroom. I took my time and raided my cabinets to find the one small pill that comes in and out of my life from time to time. I normally resist getting it, almost until it is too late. As I opened the cupboard, I remembered the first time I took Xanax when all this came down. I was in shock and grief. I was keeping a secret, a secret that I shared with only my dad and the federal government. He was the subject of a criminal grand jury investigation. I could not control my emotions, let alone myself. I couldn't think or speak rationally, and I paid an emergency visit to our campus health center. As I entered, the questions ensued. Everyone had their specialty, which accompanied its own list of interrogatives. As they checked each box, they barely looked up to gauge the accompanying nonverbals of my responses. Instead of a person, I was merely a subject. Although the questions varied from person to person, they all questioned me profusely about whether I was pregnant, which was normal protocol for everyone female who walked through the door. The team, who was supposed to be working together to try to help me make me whole again, worked in silos, merely recording individual responses and missing the totality entirely. When no one else had a better option i was quickly passed to the psychiatrist on duty and she half listened to me babble my story while she wrote out a prescription for panic attacks she instructed me to take one now and not to drive drink or do any drugs that night she explained that if i failed to follow her instructions i could be dead in the morning way to give an already anxious person some peace i went home and took the pill and in 20 minutes the strangest thing came over me. All the issues I was facing became distant. They were still there, but my mind felt clouded. As soon as I wanted to go to the place of despair, I was stopped. I was able to get the sleep I really needed. I had a false sense of hope that Xanax would do the trick, but I quickly learned the liabilities of the drug. It could only help you so much before you had to up the dose, and... The more you took it, the more you had to up the dose. The effect also had a diminishing return. Like sex or any pleasurable activity, the first time after you've not had it for a while is the most intense, and then the feelings start to fade with more frequency. However, from that night on, it became a tool in my coping with anxiety arsenal. For the next two years, Xanax was my security blanket. I kept it tucked away in the medicine cabinet, just in case the anxiety monsters reappeared. In the long run, I knew that it only had the ability to numb the sting temporarily, but having some solution was better than none. Staring at the bottle, my body started to shake. I put the bottle back. I looked in the mirror to see a shadow of myself. My face looked like I was in a continual state of shock. My throat closed and tears welled as I tried to choke them back. I swayed from side to side, trying to comfort myself in the same way a parent comforts a young baby. However, nothing was working. The anxiety was over the edge. With no other choice, I grabbed the bottle, opened it and popped a Xanax to dull the pain. I watched my eyes in the mirror. Were they supposed to dilate or constrict? Shit. I couldn't remember. Either way, I guiltily watched, waiting for signs the pill was about to take effect. I suddenly realized it doesn't matter. My moment of clarity. I realized that nothing matters. Nirvana has arrived. I took a deep breath as I looked into the mirror again. I noticed the sense of calm that had come over my face and smiled as my muscles relaxed. Brimming with chemical serenity, I stepped out of the bathroom. I grabbed a glass of water and took a seat next to Joe on the couch and watched Netflix with Figaro curled up between us. I was able to take deep breaths on my own and I felt normal. However, even though I was okay at this moment, I wondered silently why do I need to take drugs? to be able to get through my day. What is wrong with me? These were questions I toyed with, asking aloud to myself, to Joe. But I settled for a tremulous, I'm gonna get ready for bed. At 2.13 AM, I woke up. Something was wrong. My heart was pounding and tears streamed down my face. I had to remind myself quietly that it was all going to be okay. I tossed and turned beside Joe as he lay sleeping soundly. I breathed in. One, two, three, four. I breathed out. One, two, three, four. My version of counting sheep. I felt like I did this for hours, but I must have dozed off at some point. By the next morning, the meds had entirely worn off. I was a patient coming to consciousness after an operation. I first noticed everything in the room, the ceiling, how my sheets felt on my skin, Joe lying beside me, and, of course, the wet greeting of Figaro licking my nose. My groggy mind was now sharper, but for me this was not a good thing. And to the anxiety again, as Figaro stood on my chest to lick my nose, it felt heavy and I had to put him down in between Joe and me. This was enough to startle Joe awake. Good morning, beautiful. He leaned in for a kiss, and I shied away. Morning. This was all I could manage. What's wrong? Tears started to well up again. I don't know. With every breath I took, I also felt my heart beat faster and faster, I felt the sweat drip down my armpits, making my shirt moist. I felt my stomach turn. Before I could say any more, I staggered to the bathroom. I stared into the mirror and turned away anxiety and shame. My stomach turned, and I barely made it to the toilet. With every gag, I hoped to expel the demon of my anxiety. But, like everything, I knew it was probably just a quick fix, just like the Xanax itself. After throwing up, I cleaned myself up and splashed cold water on my face. The chill brought me out of my head and back to reality. I looked beyond the mirror at the pills in the cupboard. The worst was through. Let's save them for when I really need them. Joe knocked on the door. Everything okay in there? Yes, it is fine. However, that couldn't have been further from the truth. I grabbed the bottle, twisted the top, and shook it onto my hand. Nothing came out. My hand shook, my knees fluttered. I had no other choice but to face this one on my own. I curled up in a ball and cried on the bathroom floor. Joe heard me and ran in. What's wrong? What's happened? All I could do was cry. I knew that I couldn't lie anymore. My anxiety seemed to be increasingly getting worse and worse. Everything had now become a trigger. I couldn't even make simple decisions. He helped me sit up. Let's get some fresh air and catch a bite to eat. You've always wanted to try that place on the corner. I hear they do a mean breakfast. Joe did his best to get me into a different zone. I nodded in solidarity and followed his lead. We walked into the restaurant. The server delivered the menu, which was pages long. Without looking up, she asked what we wanted to drink. I barely requested water, but even just vocalizing what I wanted seemed too much. She came back with our drinks and rattled off an entire list of items on special. To me, it was all auditory mush. Joe was quite impressed with her ability to rattle off one dish after another. In normal circumstances, I would have been as well. As soon as she finished speaking, she looked down and said, What'll you have? A flurry of emotions overcame me as tears rolled down my face. She quickly excused herself, apologizing, thinking she had not given us enough time to think. I'll be back. Please take as much time as you need. I know there are a lot of choices here. She was right. There were so many choices. Too many choices for me. I looked at Joe and he knew what I didn't want to admit. We could not stay. It was just making matters worse. Maria, let's leave. I hung my head low as tears were still dripping off my face but nodded in solidarity. It was time to go. I got out of my chair and dashed for the door. Joe grabbed my purse, which I left behind, and apologized to our server for our haphazard situation. He threw her a $10 bill to cover his orange juice and a tip, but she was not happy to lose a customer. I heard her in the distance as I got outside say, what was that all about? As Joe joined me outside, we stared at one another. He uttered three little words that I already knew, but needed to hear. You need help. Maria Costanzo Palmer is a writer and Page-Turner Award finalist for her unpublished, co-authored manuscript, On the Rocks. The daughter of an award-winning restaurateur, Maria unwillingly also became the daughter of the incarcerated. She's also a regular co-moderator for the Food is Religion Club on Clubhouse. She's been quoted in the LA Times, was a former radio talk show host on LA Talk Radio, and has had many different media appearances, including a documentary feature. You can find her on Facebook and IG at Joe Constanza Primadonna and on Twitter at Maria C. Palmer. For more information, visit www.mariac.palmer.com. And you've been listening to Mental Health Aloud by OC87 Recovery Diaries. I'm Editor-in-Chief Gabriel Nathan, encouraging you to sign up for this podcast wherever you listen. And check us out for more mental health recovery stories at oc87recoverydiaries.org.